Welcome to the Bootleg Baptist Podcast. I am Pastor Nick Staley. Um, so I want to give you a little insight today. Um, so I'm while I'm a pastor at One Life Church, I'm also a board member for our ministry called One Life for Life, um, which is our ministry to abortion clinics um, where we've seen about four over 400 babies saved in four or five years now. Uh, four, four, right, whatever it is, a number of years, uh, we've seen a lot of babies saved and. In so doing, every year we do a, a fundraiser for it. And my friend here, Michael, uh, Mike, came to it. You came to it this year, right? Were you yeah, there? it was yeah. This, this most recent one, yeah. And heard some of the stuff we were doing and thought it was really cool, uh, which I obviously find it cool anyways myself because, anyways, it's part of a ministry of my church. But he was telling us some stuff about finances and uh, ways that people can give to the ministry, different ways. In this conversation, I found myself going, whoa, I've never heard this before. And just the idea of what he's going to present um, and talk, we're going to talk about is it's really, it pertains to every believer. I, I believe it does. It's a good way to handle your money. And it's different things I've never heard of before. So Michael is a financial advisor. Is that correct? Uh, financial professional is, professional. The, term, is yep. the term that they prefer. Yep. Married, uh, two kids, uh, little kids. Little, yes. Little kids. Not little like my kids. Um, and what's the name of the business? It's uh, uh, we call ourselves Stewardship Financial, Stewardship which Finance. is a really good term for someone who is a believer. Mm -hmm. uh, the phrase "stewardship", stewardship. is yeah. very, uh, it really brings to mind a lot of Christian thinking principles. Yep. Steward stewarding, stewarding your money, money yep. being not only smart with your money, but, but but godly with your money. Yeah, using it to glorify God. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's the key. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, money's just a tool. It's not exactly. If it can be obviously sinful, exactly. but it's, it's really a tool to be used. It's something God exactly. gives us, and we are to give back to Him and use for His glory. Right. Because um, He provides it, which is right. a blessing. So, so what I want what I want you to do, Mike, is, and, and just so you know, too, below or if you're listening to the podcast, we'll have there'll be links in there to all of his stuff because you'll be able to connect with him if you really feel like it. Or if not, if you have somebody you're dealing with, by all means, go to that person. No, no big deal. But he's really available. He can do this in a lot of different states too, um, what what he's capable of doing. Um, and if he can't help you, I'm sure even a phone call, he could probably steer you to somebody who could help you on it, even if you're outside of his league, outside of his area. Um, so anyway, so explain. Okay, so. I was an electrician. I'm used to pensions. I'm used sure. to 401ks. These are kind of the big and Roth R right. IRAs. These are the kind of terms and things that you just it seems to be pervasive. Pervasive, big word. I just right. Word. Pervasive, um, from what people know of, like this is what you do. This is how you invest for the future for retirement. Exactly. But you, which in our conversation we had, it blew my mind with something I'd never heard of. So, I guess first question I have. What are some, let's talk first about like IRAs. Let's set that up. Like, right. Why are like IRAs and maybe, I don't know, 401ks are probably in the same boat. Sure. Yeah, are they are. Bad investments. First. Uh, so, I mean, not necessarily bad, but yeah. just not the best investments. So investment. I'll kind of get into uh, a little bit of some historical context there. And I wouldn't really say that, I wouldn't really say that those things would be bad investments but that, the there, that there's other that there's depending on your goals and objectives what you want to do with your money there might be other things that you could do that are a better fit gotcha because for depending on someone's again it's it's a case-by-case -case basis sure. you know being being a financial professional we really do uh put together 
personalized recommendations for somebody. So we don't we don't really have a cookie cutter approach, but at the same time, there are benefits that other financial products have that IRAs and 401ks do not have. Right. And if somebody values those benefits over what a 401k or an IRA is able to do for them, then the option over here would be a much better fit for that person. So the the biggest problem is that if you're only told about the IRAs and the 401ks, yep. and but in your heart you want these benefits over here, once you find out that there's a financial tool that can do those things, it's it's like one of those light bulb moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that Existed. that there was a financial product that could do those things. <laughs> Which is what happened to me. Right. Like I was mind blown. Right. And, and kind of how the uh, IRA and 401k came to be, well, really really the 401k. I mean, the IRAs were around longer than 401ks, but the, the 401k initially started out as a... Uh, a a bonus incentive for highly paid executives, like uh, to to for for a corporation to attract top talent. Because if you're an executive and you're making you know five hundred thousand dollars a year and you're in the the forty percent tax bracket, and then you're paying state income tax, you're darn near giving half your money away to the government between yeah. the federal government and the state government. Well, what some companies would do is they'd say, okay, well. We're gonna pay you still four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand a year, but we're gonna put twenty uh, percent of your pay into a tax deferred account. And as long as you work for our company for twenty years, when you retire, you can get all that money. And since it's tax deferred, you're not gonna pay half your money to the government in taxes when you retire from our company and you take it out when you're in a lower income tax bracket as you're transitioning into retirement, you can overall pay less taxes. So what did that do? Well, for the company, it was a way for them to say, hey, we're going to pay you, we're still going to pay you $500,000 a year like everybody else's. But if you commit to our company, which means for the company's best interest, they're retaining that top talent with yep. to stay with the it company. It keeps them around. Exactly. Yeah. So it gives the, it makes the person have more loyalty to the company. So it benefits the company. And at the same time, the benefit to the employee executive type person is I can still make a really good income but pay a little bit less in taxes mm -hmm. if I commit to the long haul with this company. So it was kind of like the uh, uh, uh the the initial way or the initial purpose for the 401k was for a very specific situation yep. bring in top talent make them stay for a long time and kind of help them with yeah, reducing re reducing their taxes and future and, and then they yep. have retirement savings yep. too so you know it's but what started happening at the same time was a lot of these companies with pension benefits were realizing that oh these people are retiring at 55 and they're living until they're 85 and they're staying on their pension income for almost as long as they're works. working. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to afford this? How are we going to uh, stay good on our obligations that we made? This is bad. And there was a pretty famous case. Uh, I think it was U.S. Steel. 
and it was some steel company in the United States. Yeah, U.S. They, Steel is big one. Yeah, they were going through bankruptcy, or, or yep. there, there was some kind of union negotiation, and it was the pension was a big yep. deal. And Which it always is. In it those always is. Yes. yes. And so they were saying, "Hey, look, we can't afford this. People are living to their 80s, where when we first set these pension plans up, the average life expectancy was like late 60s, early 70s. So they're living way beyond." what we've planned we can't we either do something different or we're going to go bankrupt yeah, and nobody's going to get a pension right. and so what they decided to do oh hey we've been doing these 401ks for these top executive level people what if we offered it to everybody and we just stopped doing the pension altogether and then that way we can have people uh commit to working to the company for a long time still because we're 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 gonna match. We're not gonna give you an income, but we'll we'll contribute a percentage of your salary to your account. And if you stay for X amount of years, you get your your vest. Kind of like with a pension, right? Yep. You you work X amount of years and you're vested for your pension. Well, the 401k was structured very similarly, and and so the whole idea of the 401k was to get the companies to kind of still offer some. A retirement benefit to their employees so that they're not saying okay well we're not just gonna we're just not gonna offer anything yeah because their competitor down the road will be like well we're gonna keep our pension and we're gonna just hope that we steal all your top employees and they work for us for a long time and kind of boost up our solvency and then you fail and we take all your business and yeah. it works out hunky-dory for us so you know in a competitive market it was something that kind of you know everybody else had to do but everybody was struggling with their pensions. So the 401k was kind of seen as the way out mm -hmm. for a lot of these companies to get out of their pension benefits but still offer something. Mm -hmm. um, well, the other thing that was going on at that time in American history is that the top marginal tax rates uh, at the federal level were like two or three times what they are today. So... For some, for a good amount of people, it made sense to have a program that deferred your taxes until you retired, so that you're not paying those high marginal rates mm -hmm. when you're going into retirement. Your income's a little bit lower, so over the long haul, the idea was you're going to pay less in federal income tax. Yeah. Well, what happened in the '80s, the Reagan era, and then a few years—well, not a few years—about. Uh, 20 years later than George Bush. Yep. There were two big tax cuts, Reagan tax cuts and George Bush tax cuts. Well, if you compare taxes where they are today to where they were uh, yesteryear when the 401k was really coming out uh, big time for everybody, uh, now taxes are historically at a low point going back uh, uh, 40, 50 years. Really? So the top marginal rates now are way lower than what they were in like the 70s and 80s before the Reagan tax cuts. Yep. So, and then the other thing is that our federal debt is like Huge. probably 20 times what right. it was back then. Yeah, if not more now. Yeah, so right now you have taxes are historically low, federal debt is historically high. So, I mean, do the math. Where's that money gonna come from? Like yep. the government, they can't print all of it. Yeah. They have to tax- <laughs> They think they can. <laughs> yeah, they think, but they have to tax some of it. Right. They, they can't just print it all because then they'll destroy the dollar. Yep. So. They ha the, the taxes are going to have to go up. Mm -hmm. They just have to. That's the math. So if you're deferring your taxes 
in an environment when taxes are historically low to withdraw your money when the government is in the process of raising taxes and bringing them higher. Does it sound like a good idea to take a small deduction now only to withdraw the money and pay full income tax when the rates are probably higher? Right. Not a good idea. It doesn't really like, make a lot yeah, of sense. You're going to give away a lot of yeah, that money. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, unless you're in a very high rate. Like if you're someone who's making like a million dollars a year and you live in California and you're giving like 51 cents of every dollar that you make to the government, it probably would make sense to defer a good amount of your compensation. But for the average person... Yeah, which average person probably yeah. under $100,000 yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the taxes are going to go up for everybody. The marginal rates for everybody in the before the Bush tax cuts and before the Reagan tax cuts were higher. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Every income bracket paid higher taxes. Well, when the government really needs the money and the is the debt is like eighty trillion or hundred trillion or whatever it's going to be in yeah. the future, and they need money <laughs> by next year, right? Yeah, by next year, who knows, right? <laughs> but when they really need the money from everybody, and everybody has to pay higher taxes, and all of a sudden you have, uh, you know, five hundred thousand plus in your IRA or in your four hundred one k, and now you're taking that money out. When you were in the fifteen percent bracket, but now you're in the twenty or twenty-five percent bracket because the government raised the taxes on you, you're getting nailed. yeah, you're getting hammered. Yep. So that's one uh, disadvantage I would see coming down the tunnel of time for some kind of tax deferred yeah, program like that, where you're paying the taxes at right. the end, but you're going to pay it in exactly. a lump amount. And it could go up. I mean, it, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, right. I, being somebody that had, I still have actually part of a pension. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in, because uh, I was a union electrician for a number of right. years, and I always remember guys retiring and like waiting for retirement until they were getting a top dollar, because one year they could retire and you know, I, I mean, I'm just gonna throw weird numbers out there. You could retire this year and you're gonna because of whatever percentage. I don't remember how it works. Is years ago, mm. you know, you might get three grand a month. Right, but if but by next year they're expecting that to be four thousand dollars because right. Of, but you're dependent on when you go out, and then all of a sudden if you go out and it's a low and it goes up, you pretty much lost all that money. Right, you didn't get it. Right, so it's the same same concept though because it's dependent on tax rates. Right, and exactly. All kinds of stuff. How that happens. The same thing with four hundred one k and right. IRAs too. Right. Yeah. So the other thing with the the four hundred one k is that. Uh, how another way how it benefited the company is with a pension the pension is just an income stream right mm -hmm. they're like you said three thousand yeah. a month or four thousand a month the company is committing that hey you're retiring i'm gonna pay you four thousand a month right. for the rest of your life yeah. yep, exactly. no matter what the stock market does forty eight thousand right? dollars a year just yeah. for the rest of your life so, you might get raises periodically right never get money taken away it's always right exactly but you can you can rely that you're gonna Okay, well, the S&P, I'm watching the news, the S&P 500 just tanked 40%. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Uh, GM just sent me my four grand a month. Well, that sucks for all the people in the stock market, right? Right. Losing all that money. Good thing I have a pension. Yeah. Well, the companies, uh, especially, losing money. especially nowadays, yeah. with how, how much companies rely on their stock valuation for calculating their their profit yeah. and how much money the the corporate entity is making 
they rely heavily on how their stock is performing. Mm-hmm. Well, if their stock is tanking and they're losing money left and right in the stock market, but they still have to pay all these retirees four grand a month or whatever it is, um, that eats into their bottom line. Yeah. But if they could say, we're going to contribute a percentage, percentage of your salary into this account. When you retire, this money is yours. You handle it. Yep. You're not our problem anymore. So now, all of a sudden, that person with the 401k uh, has to be a good steward of that money because that company uh, is no longer going to give them an income You're stream. done. They're yeah, not going to yeah. give them a monthly check. Yep. So that person with the 401k could find, oh, compared to the person with a pension where the S&P goes down 40%, they're still getting their three grand a month or four grand a month. That person with the 401k, when the S&P goes down 40%, they're like, oh my gosh, I just lost 40% of my money. Right. Now what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. So it it really benefited the company in some ways, depending on your perspective, in some ways more than it benefited the employee. Yeah. Because really, what... What is what was the company trying to do? The company was trying to keep people from leaving yep. by offering them a benefit, but do two things: uh, save uh, money off of their pension, yep. and put the investment risk on the employee, not that, the company. Right. So they were doing their two main objectives was get rid of the pensions and put the investment risk on the individual, not us. Yeah, so they and don't have to hold on to it. It's exactly, your money, exactly. It's, we're just giving you some extra exactly. money. Exactly. And, and so yeah. what people don't really understand is that, yes, and it's not like, hey, you get zero benefit out of a 401k. You know, some people, they can build up a pretty good chunk of change and have oh, yeah. a good nest egg in their, as long as they regularly contribute to it. Like anything else, if you regularly contribute to, you're going to build up a good chunk. But at the same time, what a lot of people don't realize is that the 401k was really uh, was was really to to benefit the 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 corporate entity a lot more than it was to benefit the employee. Yeah, to keep them around. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And to to get out of the yep. the costly pensions that yep. were killing these big corporations, which still are, and, and still, yeah, are, still yeah, are, yeah, still are, and to to put the investment risk on the individual instead of on the company because the when times are tough and the market's doing poorly the company is also people are buying their service or product not not as much as they were before the market crash and now we're we're getting hit twice where our stock price is going down so we're losing money there and we're people aren't buying as much of the things that we're producing so we're getting hit there too so that's kind of the gist, the the the, the like thirty thousand miles zoom right. out of the of the four one k. Yeah, historically, and yeah. Here's where we're at. That's kind of yeah. That's kind of the yep. the the lens that a lot of that stuff kind Which of helps to understand it. Because right. We just think. I mean, we we go without thinking. I mean, the company I work for offers 401k and then they match it and so on. It's mm. which you know it's a, it's it's good that there's something offered right. there, but at the end of the day, it's not. Well, it is good. Like you mentioned, it is good. It's not necessarily. It's better than nothing. Yeah, it's better than nothing, but yeah. there are better options. There are, yeah. there are options out there, one that can be better, and two, right. that may be completely better, you still don't realize we're there. Sure. Because what we talked about wasn't. Right. So what, 
Now you explained it was insurance. It was actually on the insurance. It's an insurance basin. Yes. Investment, which is better. So explain that and and kind of run through what you did with with us. Right. The other church. So this is a way that a lot of Americans had saved traditionally for for decades. Yeah, um, like the last. Yes. Like I think you mentioned, insurance companies over yes. a, a lot of them are over hundred years old. Yeah, and and a lot of and even just you know average Joe mom pop kind of individuals would put money away for a rainy day inside their insurance their life insurance policy. Yeah. And it really wasn't until the things started to change in the eighties with the four hundred one k and most companies were offering it and when you applied for a job oh a 401k okay i'll sign up what's uh, oh they're mashing okay cool and and there was a little bit of a shift of people's uh, dollars into different financial pro- uh, programs just you know if your job's offering it the mentality was well hey my company that i'm going to work at for the next 20 odd years is offering me this benefit so why the heck not yeah right so but yeah but before that what a lot of people did and still do today was uh, buy a certain kind of life insurance policy where kind of like your home when you pay your mortgage yeah you build equity in your home mm-hmm. well in the insurance world they call that cash value yeah so you build cash value uh, equity inside your life insurance policy and you can the insurance company pays you a dividend mm-hmm. uh, as long as the insurance company is profitable and Believe me, most insurance companies are profitable. Yeah. Right, especially the <laughs> yeah. older ones too, right? Yes. You mentioned that the older right. the better. Right, and if there's two companies that you really just can't stamp out in the United States, it's the banks and the insurance companies. The banks and the insurance companies will always win. Mm-hmm. So th- there's, a, there's a really good chance that your insurance company is profitable. Uh, and so <laughs> when you're contributing to your life insurance policy, there's a good chance that your life insurance company is paying you a dividend mm-hmm. on top of your 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 premium that you're paying into the policy. And so those dividends along with your contributions build up to grow and to create a pretty good nest egg that you can tap into. And the dividends plus the money that you pay into your policy are completely tax-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only income tax, but capital gains tax, which is another uh, big thing that we're talking about in the news right now. Um, you know, Joe Biden was saying, uh, like, it was like, what, a month ago or two weeks ago that he wants to double the capital gains taxes. And he was saying that he was going to raise income tax to pay for this monstrosity infrastructure bill. Uh, he said, well, first, we're just going to raise income tax on people making 400000 a year. Well, you know, now we're going to raise income tax on people making 200000 a year. So, like, the bar keeps on getting lowered for who's going to pay higher income tax and who's going to pay higher capital gains tax. Uh, so that's another, in uh, in the context of what we talked about earlier with the 401k, with the tax environment being higher taxes back then than what they are right now, where right now we're, we're there's conversation already of taxes going up in the very near future. Yeah. So makes sense. I mean, we're so if we can everything right the sun exactly. That. So with the life insurance strategy, if you can put money into a program and put that money away at the tax rate that you're in right now and build up a big pot of money that will be not only income tax-free but capital gains tax-free when taxes are probably going to be higher in the future, 
wouldn't that be better than deferring your taxes when they're probably going to be higher and you're paying a higher rate? It sounds to me like right. a, like a no-brainer. No right. Yeah, <laughs> it's an obvious no-brainer. Right. So that's one huge advantage that the life insurance strategy has over the 401k is that the money inside your policy is 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 if it's set up correctly is income tax free and capital gains tax free and then when you die and whatever money is left over you leave that to your children or grandchildren they inherit that money also income tax free <laughs> that does not happen with a 401k or an IRA when you die and your children and grandchildren get that money depending on how their income is and how much you're leaving them they could pay a significant amount of income tax on that money because mm. it's never been taxed yet so say you have two kids and they're each making a hundred grand a year and all of a sudden you had two hundred thousand left in your ira and you died and each kid got a hundred grand now their income is two hundred grand and they're in a new bracket and they're in a higher bracket now where compare that to a uh a cash value life insurance policy and they you die with a 200,000 left in your policy they get that 200,000 tax free no questions asked so they don't even have to worry about it they don't even claim that on their income for the year because it's a payout because it's not income it's, yeah it's a payout right exactly yeah, it's, a, it's a benefit right exactly so there's there's uh, tax benefits for you while you're still living that in my professional opinion are superior to a tax deferred asset and there are also tax benefits to your beneficiaries. And if you're saving money and putting money away for a mm. rainy day, um, I mean, you don't know. You could retire at 65 and die when you're 67. Right. Or you could retire at 65, live to your 90, and spend every last penny on yourself, which is fine. Right. But if you had the option, if, if you didn't know when you would die, wouldn't you prefer that the money that you worked so hard for over the last 30, 40 years or however long you worked, wouldn't you prefer that if I die tomorrow, my family gets my money, yeah. not the government? Yeah, yeah, which I right. don't want the government. Yeah, exactly. I always so, think of when you, when you said capital gains too, my brain always goes to the episode of Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. If you've ever seen the show. Yeah. But with Ron Swanson explaining to the little girl taxes. And he takes the end. Yeah. Oh, don't forget, capital gains tax takes a monster bite out of yeah. everybody. And I, whenever I think of that, when you said yeah. that, going, that's what I'm thinking of. And that's what yeah. the government does. They want to take the sandwich right. and just eat as much of it as possible right. whenever they can. If, like, what you're saying right. is, what you're saying is, what we can do is say, oh, here's the sandwich right here, government. But guess what? Hands off because I've got, I've got a zapper right. over top of it. You touch it, I'm gonna smack it. Right. It's kind of what you're getting at. It's we don't right. want them to get it. Obviously, we don't want the government to get our money. Right. Work hard for it. Right. The Boston Tea Party was over a small tax. Exactly. And here they are taking a large chunk. This is a way to kind of separate and say, no, right. you only get so you, you only get so much of my life. Right. And my beneficiaries because we want to leave a legacy to our children. Sure. And, and it, so if yeah. Possible. And it, and it, and some people will say, well, I don't want my kids to be millionaires. They'll, they'll be spoiled and they won't understand hard work. Okay, I understand that argument. And. It's not that we want to make our kids millionaires and have our kids not pay taxes. That's a different argument. Whether or not is it better to have your kids inherit a lot of money or to earn their own money. I mean, yeah. you could make good arguments yeah, for, for either right. one. Yeah. You know, you could make a good case for either one. But the the point is, would you rather, all things being equal, 
before we talk about is it better for your kids to inherit money or is it better for your kids to just earn it themselves if it's your if it's your money would you rather your family get it or strangers at the internal revenue service right if if the answer is you have the strangers get it you're a fool right but if you're wise you say i want my family to sure it's a blessing to them right or in the context that we're kind of talking about here with stewardship of your money, okay, great. I I understand you don't want your kids to be millionaires. I can respect that. Yeah. You want them to earn it. Okay, fine. Don't leave them any of your money. Would you prefer to leave it to your church, right. or leave it to a charity, or uh, yeah, ministry, you know, give missionaries? It, give it, There's all yeah, kinds of things, right? Yeah, yeah. We want to donate this it, money. Donate it somewhere. Leave it to, I don't know. Leave it to a, uh, some kind of political like yeah. whatever whatever your some political views of, are yeah. some political action group yep. what anything a hospital yeah a children's hosp- hospital yeah, all sure. kinds of stuff yeah yeah, yeah absolutely why not so if it, you don't have to leave it if you don't want your children to have it and be spoiled rich millionaires but you want to leave it somewhere else where you feel like that money would be more respected and minimize the chunk that the irs would take from that money i think that would still be a pretty good yeah it's a good uh, investment yeah absolutely yeah especially as christians we believe that we can you know we continue sure while we die to be absent the body of the presence of christ so we're we're present with him in that moment um but but to be able to leave a legacy i think we've i'll just speak Candidly, I think there's a level of the the church. What it's done over the years has gotten this idea that you know we're going to be raptured out and that uh, this is all there is and everything's getting mm-hmm. worse. So they don't think about the next generation. When when the Bible is really clear about leaving a legacy, you know, to our children's children, right? And like looking at that and going, how can I provide for my children's children? Uh, could be right. a huge blessing, and it's a blessing to the church as well. Sure, because the churches continue on. I mean, man, I like, yeah, yeah, I'd say. We'd be fools not to go. You know, we need to invest this money in sure. our children. If you're honestly, yeah, I mean, if you're worried about your kids becoming spoiled brats, then that's your bad because you raised them very poorly. That's another. But that's another story. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's another, another yeah. topic for that's another. That's kind of day. my opinion uh, on the matter. But needless to say, if that's where you're at, then you need to really check your kids, look at your grandkids at least, mm. and hope they weren't raised that way. Anyway, so continue on though. Yeah. So, uh, long story short. Tax benefits in the uh, cash value life insurance strategy um, for for many people will eclipse what you could get out of a 401k. Mm-hmm. Just because of the, 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 the situation that we're in right now, the historical context of where taxes were in the past relative to where the national debt is today, there's a huge mismatch there. The math just doesn't add up. Yeah. So... You know, tax benefits. <laughs> Unless you do common core math. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Then you can make it whatever Yeah, you then want. it can just be whatever the hell you want it to be. But, uh, so, you know, tax benefits are definitely uh, front and center when you're thinking of uh, cash value life insurance. The other benefit is kind of how I talked about a minute ago about putting the investment risk on the employee yeah. with the 401k. The company is no longer, uh, the company is no longer liable yeah. For it's your ma- problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, the average person with a 401k, um, 
there's been surveys up the wazoo about this. The, the average return on investment is somewhere around like between like five and seven percent a year, mm-hmm. which isn't terrible. No, it's not bad. Right. Yeah, it's just, but that's nice. But there's enormous downside. Like, if your average upside is about five to seven percent a year, tomorrow you could lose 30 40% of your money just because there's a there's a there's a correction in the stock market. Yeah. So there's tremendous downside. Yep. It's um, volatile. It's yeah, the very ups volatile. And, downs. Yep. and depending on where you retire in that peak and trough could more or less determine how the future of your 30 yep. odd year retirement's going to go. Um and the guy who retires when the stock market's up here looks like a genius, right? He's yeah. like, wow, I was so good with my money. I had all the right things in my 401k. But the guy who retires down here is like, wow, what a scam. These 401ks are a ripoff. And, you know, depending on who you are. Right, and the time you retire, exactly. what the economy is. Exactly. If you're in the middle of a recession, it's right. not a good time to retire. Right. Unless, you, yeah, okay. Right. So the, the other big advantage to cash value life insurance is there is no volatility. Yeah. It's, it's not in the it's stock market. Stable. It's it's not in the stock market at all. What's the average? So the average dividend, um, this wouldn't be the average return on the policy. That's kind of hard to calculate. because right, but, but the average dividend um, is similar. It's the average company will, as long as they're a strong company, will probably pay a dividend somewhere around like, four to six percent yeah, which something is stable like though four to six yeah because on a five to seven it could be five to seven this year sure but next year you could lose ten and so now you've actually sure. well you had five to seven now to get back up to where you should be you've got to sure. get 15 to 17 exactly in the next year and if it only goes up five yeah i gained exactly. five and they think they gained it back reality is they lost ten right it's still lost yeah 10. that's yeah that exactly so the 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 it's not gonna. It, there's a really good chance that in a cash value life insurance policy, you're not gonna make, you know, twenty percent a year on your. You know, it, right. It's it's not a get rich quick scheme. Right. It's slow and steady wins the right. race. You're putting money away tax free, which yeah. is huge. You're yeah. Keeping you're, you're keeping taxes off your money. Yeah. Income tax, capital gains tax, the two taxes that you're subject to if you go out and make money. You can make money working with your income, or you can make money investing, and you're going to get taxed on it. Yeah. Well, in a cash value life insurance policy, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So there's there's a huge advantage there. Um, now, with the volatility, it's slow, predictable, steady growth. Yeah. Now, if the insurance company does very, very poorly, they could not pay you a dividend, but most insurance companies with those kinds of policies do have do offer guarantees that are written into the contract you're guaranteed to have X amount in your policy, which is comforting because um, there's nothing guaranteed in a 401k. Nothing. Right. You could lose all of it. Yeah. So now that being the case, uh, you might say, well, um, I might be better off just rolling the dice and being aggressive with my money in the stock market because if the upside is higher, um, you know, hey, what the heck, if there's a few years I can make 10, 20, 25% on my money, it might even out to be a higher return than if I did the safe route with the cash value insurance mm-hmm. policy. And there's a valid case to be made there. But at the same time, because you do have volatility in that uh, in that account, 
when you're retired, um, the volatility uh, uh, works against you. When you're working, the volatility can work to benefit you because uh, when the market goes down and you're contributing to your account, you're you're buying into the market when it's low, right? Yeah. So you're buying more shares while they're down, and then when they come back up, yeah. you make you make money. Way more money. Yeah. yeah. So when you're when you're working and you're still earning an income, if you're fortunate enough to not be laid off during one of those recessions, yeah. Um, the volatility is good because you're it it's going to help your account grow faster. But when you're retired, you're not working anymore. Yeah. So you're not earning an income you're just pulling yeah you're just pulling, pulling from your account yep. so when your account goes down the volatility is is bad yeah uh so what someone who's retired has to be conscious of is if they withdraw too much too quickly they can run out of money yeah and be broke while they're still alive and they may have to reduce their standard of living Maybe they have to downsize and sell their house. Maybe they have a car that's like an everyday car, and they have like their sport car, Corvette or whatever that yeah, was the their fun car. yeah, the fun car, and they got to sell that. Or maybe they can't see the grandkids as much. Or maybe they can't go on that Alaskan cruise because yeah. the stock market was rough this year. So you have to make all these just in case lifestyle changes because of the volatility on your money, um, and. The, the the safe percentage that most financial professionals will recommend you can withdraw every year without risking withdrawing too much too quickly is something like between 2.9 and 3% a year. Yeah, so you're still make money. Right. You're still making percentage. So if you withdraw 3% a year from your 401k, even when the stock market tanks, you're still probably not going to run out of money, yeah. even if you live for 30 years. Yeah. Um, well... <laughs> If you have a million dollars in your 401k and you're like, I have a million dollars in my 401k. Awesome. And then you're like, oh, wait, I can only take out safely $30,000 a year. Otherwise, if if we go in one of those downswings, I could I could run out of money. Right, real quick. So I have a million dollars, but I'm only oh, living on 30 grand. Right. And then I'm paying taxes on it. Right. So I'm not living on 30 grand. I may be living on maybe 25, 26 Yep. Maybe, depending on what your bracket is. So that's the other advantage that a cash value life insurance policy has is the taxes, number one. Number two is the volatility um, that no longer benefits you when you're retired. You have an asset that is not, uh, the, the, the value is non-correlated to the market. So when the stock market tanks and you lose half your 401k, you can still have an income, oh, wait a minute, um, I lost half my 401k, but I have my cash value life insurance policy over here, so I'm still going to be able to see my grandkids. I'm still going to be able to see uh, to go on my Alaskan cruise. I'm still going to be able to keep my Corvette that's stable. because that isn't touched. So my withdrawal rate can actually be higher than 3% a year because I have this asset over here that its value continues to increase no matter what the stock market's mm. doing. So instead of living on 3% a year, you could live on closer to somewhere between like 4 to 6% a year. Yeah. Because you have an asset that you can pull from 
That's stable. Alongside yeah. your volatile assets. That's stable. Exactly. Does it? It's not. You know where it's going to be right. tomorrow. It's not going to change. Exactly. So those are the those are the two main advantages that would benefit the common man is tax free and no volatility. Mm-hmm. So the the rate of return doesn't have to be as good because you're not paying taxes on it. And when you're retired, just because you have an asset that doesn't go down when the market goes down, you can withdraw a higher income from your overall portfolio yep. because you have money that isn't affected by the down swings in the market. So instead of living on 30 grand a year on your million dollars, well, what if you could live on sixty grand a year just because you had things set up a little differently? Slightly different, right? Because I mean, it's not a bad thing if your company says, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna offer you a four hundred one k and we're gonna match dollar for dollar right. up to x amount, x amount." It's not a bad thing, right? Sure, it's not. Yeah. Ba- I mean, take advantage of. It. They're sure. offering you money. Use it. Yeah, exactly. Just be be wise exactly. with it because you can adjust it and whatnot. Right. But it's but it would be if they're doing that. It doesn't say just depend on that. Rather. You need to take your money and use it in different ways right. to benefit you in the future. And one of the really, so- especially if you're working for somebody. Exactly. Because you're going to get that free money anyway. That's, exactly. It really is exactly. money they're offering you just to, right. to shut up. I guess. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm a believer in that. If if they're offering you a match, by all means, take advantage of it. Yeah, take advantage of it. It's right. free money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they're offering you yeah. something, just take it. Yeah, why it. not? Yeah. If, if, on the other hand, though, but... but that shouldn't be your only your only yes. point. Yes. Especially this is I mean in this end you're really talking to guys making from forty to really that hundred thousand dollar a year kind of standpoint. You're right. working for General Motors. You're working for Ford Motor Company. Right. You're working for a you're a plumber, an electrician, right. or whatever. Right. Or even if yeah. you're an engineer and you're making yeah. you know, ninety grand a year, yeah, right. or ninety five thousand, or hundred thousand, yeah. or hundred hundred twenty thousand. These are good ways to invest, take that money and use it to, right. to send a legacy. Yeah, you've got your four hundred one k that's matched. Do it. Don't right. neglect that. Right. Because you're not gonna if you don't take that money, it's just gonna sit. They're not gonna, yeah. You're not getting it back. Yeah, they're not gonna give it to you in some other fashion. Right. So just take advantage of that. But then also look at look starting a through this. It's not what would we call it. It's not term life insurance because that's one term. Uh, The the main ones that I usually look at are either uh, whole life dividend paying whole life or uh, index universal life. Gotcha. So those are the two main ones. They have the most guarantees um, out of the other out of. out of the other options that are available and um they have the most uh predictable growth mm-hmm. um and because at the end of the day that's kind of what that asset is bringing to the table is predictable growth that's tax-free yep. that doesn't have the volatility factor that other financial assets have gotcha so the, my my personal favorites are whole life uh, dividend paying whole life and index universal life. Yeah. So and they're just they're easy. They're you can right. throw it out, get involved with an investor, a, a yes. financial, advi- not advisor. Yeah, financial professional. Professional, professionals yeah. making get yeah. you into that. So now, one thing you mentioned was with those. There's a way to to really give to like let's say let's let's use our one life for life for right. an example. Right. Um. So somebody could use that insurance policy also to bless a ministry. Absolutely. How does that work? So here's where it gets really cool and really creative is uh, whether you're making an average respectable income or whether you're making CEO level income doesn't really matter. Um, There's not an income limit. It's not a financial asset that only rich people can do or, you know, it's it's something that can work for everybody. 
from yeah from no, your from your right. Walmart employee right. to your CEO of Walmart. So no no matter if if right. if it's in your heart that you want to bless a ministry, whether mm-hmm. you're the plumber making 40, 50 grand a year, or whether you're the CEO of Walmart making yep. you know millions, millions of dollars yeah. a year, but you still have in your heart that you want to give back, that you want to follow Christ, and you want to leave as much of your Legacy. God-given talents yep. to benefit Christ's church, uh, you can use those kinds of life insurance policies in that way. And how, uh, kind of like a, a brief summary on how that would work would be, so the individual can take out a policy on himself yep. or herself uh, and contribute to the premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when that person dies, he can name the uh the, the the institution who he wants to leave the money to the, the the ministry who he wants to leave the money to as the beneficiary uh so when he dies the institution gets that money from the pa- the policy tax free yeah. so boom, there it is. boom right there it's a check yeah. it's not it's not a mutual fund where oh uh, we need to figure out how much it's worth because the stock market just went down. We should yep. probably call the financial advisor. How much is in our mutual fund now? It's not real estate. Oh well, we got this, we got this big property that was willed to us, but we you know, sell it. now we got, we, yeah. we got to appraise it. How much is it worth? We got to sell it now. Yep. We got to maintain it. We got to get a realtor. It because really the institution at the end of the day wants the cash. Because yep. they want to use the cash for what their yep. their mission is. Right. So the that's a, a huge advantage there is when the person dies it's just cold hard cash that yeah. you get to do whatever you want with no strings attached tax free yeah so that's a big deal um and the uh individual paying the premium gets to write those premiums off on his taxes as charitable contributions so look, going through right so <laughs> so say he's paying let's say he's putting ten thousand a year into this policy yeah and he so he gets to say, oh well, I gave ten grand to charity. Yep. And so his taxable income gets lowered by ten grand, <laughs> and and the the institution owns the policy. So while the cash value is growing inside that policy all those years, if the institution wants to take out money early, maybe they want to expand, and they're yeah. like, well, you yeah. know, we appreciate you doing this policy for us, but. We want to buy a new building, and, and the money's there. You're really healthy. You're probably not going to die for another ten years or so. I mean, we're happy that yeah, <laughs> you're right. alive. We're not like we don't yeah, right. want you to die, but we have this cash value here, <laughs> so we're just going to tap into the cash value right now. Yeah. Well, the institution can do that, tap into the cash value while that person is still living, also tax free. So the the gentleman contributing to it gets to lower his income by 10 grand mm-hmm. hypothetically in this yeah. example yeah. 10,000 a year right off the get-go is not taxable yeah. because I donated that to charity yeah. and then the, the charity says oh well um, we see an opportunity to do X Y and Z and there's an opportunity to do it now oh we have this cash value in this guy's policy we're gonna take some of that out right now and go spend it right now mm-hmm. Ta- it, that's also tax-free for the entity and fast forward a few years when the gentleman dies the entity gets all of the money tax-free. So tax-free for the individual or uh, a tax tax deduction for the individual on his on his premium commitment, tax-free 
access to the cash value in the here and now for mm -hmm. the institution and a tax-free endowment lump sum when he dies in the future. Yeah, there's lots. So tax-free, 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 tax-free. Right. Let's say, let's say I want to give, let's, let's, let's do it for say, say I've got, I'm, let's use that guy as an example, $10,000. Sure. And I want to give, you know, a third of it to, I'll say a third of it to my one kid, a third of it to my other kid. And this other third I want to give to the, to the church. Let's say, let's use the church as an example. Cause most people, I actually probably everybody watching this goes to a church. Um, I don't tend to attract the heathen. Right. <laughs> just be honest. The pagans don't care about this. Right. Um, but, so I want to do all three. That's possible, too. Now I can take, is that possible, I guess? Can you take, now a third of that would you give? So $3,333 can be tax write-off? Yes, it, that's a good point. So let's say. So I split it up. Because I'm yeah. giving more than, let's say, I'm getting, I mean, some people yeah. give $40,000 a year towards it. Sure, yeah. Let's say this, let's say he. Wants to give part of it. Yeah, the the, depending on this person's objectives. Um, let's say he, he has a 10 grand commitment. He's, he's like, Hey Mike, you know, I like the stuff you're talking about. I like how this policy works. I want to leave some to my kids and I want to leave some to um, the church. my, my church. church yeah. So we would, it would make more sense to do two separate policies. Okay. And, and he says, my commitment is 10,000 a year. That's how much I want to do. So okay. We'll split it well, let's policies. do five for your family and let's do five for the entity because because of the tax situation, the entity would have to be the owner. Gotcha. So of that, the, yep, and that's, that's how he gets a deduction because yep. since the ent he has, he's relinquishing ownership rights to the policy, and so that's how he can say, well, um, I'm not getting a quote unquote benefit to this money. Yep. I'm giving I'm this giving it fully, fully yep. to the entity. So the entity would own it entirely. Um, so if I'm gonna have a 10 grand commitment but i want to have some go to my family yeah well then let's do however you want to divide yeah. it i mean he could do yeah. seven for the entity and three for his family or five and five yeah, whatever it's however you want to you make that decision yeah, yeah it's a case-by-case -case basis yeah. but so you can still use this to bless your family exactly. in the future and exactly. bless the church in the future yeah exactly i mean especially a guy that's i mean if you're able to give if you're if god has blessed you and you're making a lot of money you're able to go, you know what, my kids are still going to get a huge chunk here, right. but I can also benefit my church and sure. benefit myself in the here and now. Exactly. It makes sense because, you know, people obviously they tithe, they give right. to their churches, and that we use that as a write-off to lower our tax bracket, but this is an incentive, and it's also leaving right. a legacy that, to the church where it can help the church or whatever exactly. entity it is to continue on and continue its mission. Right. It, it's definitely a long-term play and kind of like were encouraged to um, in the Bible is to to be ready. Yep. Um, death comes like a thief in the in, in the yeah, night. So absolutely. if we have if we're prepared uh, for a long term play to take care of the ones left behind when we check yep. out of this physical world, uh, if we can better prepare the families that we leave behind and the institutions that we leave behind who are still here on earth. I mean, they're, they're, it, it could be the different, maybe the church gets this hundred, hundreds of thousands of dollars from this individual. And because they have that money, maybe they're able to open up a new church and evangelize and save more yeah, souls, right? bring more souls into Christ's kingdom. Just because I died and left some money, Yep. And empowered my church to continue the continue going to continue yep. to continue going more effectively, and 
in this world, it takes money. To yeah, do it that. does. Right. There's it, no doubt. Yeah. Right. But all, all money is Christ. All money is blessing from God. That's what it is, and it's to be used for His glory. Again, going back to what we originally said, it's it's tool. Right. It's it's in and of itself. It's like the argument of guns. Right. Guns are wicked. They kill. But guns right. don't kill people. Right. It's it's the person pulling the trigger right. pulling. And money is not evil in itself. It's it's an inanimate right. object. What you can use it for is evil, or you can use it for good. Exactly. And and this is a way to really look at it and go, I can invest this into future generations. I can right. infuse the invest this that when I'm in glory, when right. I'm with Christ. It's irrelevant. The, what I left behind is still paying right. dividends to the church and is being used for exactly. generations to come. Exactly. And who knows how that goes. Right. And so, it and it could be the difference because that individual could take ten thousand dollars and just write a check to the church for ten grand. Yep. And he he would get a deduction sure. for for ten thousand. One time. But it's a exactly it's a one time check that that church gets. Now let's just. And I, I don't know off the top of my head, but let's just say, for example, that 10000 buys the individual a policy that has a death benefit of like $500,000, hypothetically. Yeah. I'm just making stuff up, but let's let's say that's the case. Yeah. So he can pay ten grand a year into that policy and leave significantly more than just $100,000. Right. Or say he lives... 20 years and he pays, you know, 200,000 into this policy. Okay, well, would you rather leave 200,000 or 500,000? Right. Like it's whatever institution is getting that money is going to get more than they otherwise would have in the long run if they have something set up like that. Yeah, you're getting you're getting you're getting uh, a, re- a revenue of 4% increase every year. I mean, things are making money. Now, the boomer generation, you have boomers, the boomer generation, mm-hmm. I, I heard it not too long ago that that is the wealthiest generation ever in America. Ever. The average, what I read was Likely like in average, world history. Right. Average uh, baby boomer at death is worth like, a, or at one point in life, I don't know what it is, was a million dollars. Yes. In, in all of them, by and large, um, shame on the boomers because they had all had like one kid, right? Which is stupid, by the way. I'm just going to point that out. Yeah. If you're younger than that, like you are, have a bunch of kids. I've got a bunch of kids. Right. I've got a half a dozen. I've got enough to sh- basketball team. All right, right. Um, there you go. But I mean, that generation has a lot of really. They have money that they're sitting on and right looking to. I mean, in the last year, I know a lot, a lot, and you can see it because we're having problems getting people to work, and it's not just because of unemployment benefits. Right. It's actually because. Mom and dad worked. They've realized, oh crap! I don't want to go. I don't want to do the Zoom stuff anymore. They retired during the right. What I call it, the shamdemic. Yeah. Um, they retired during that time, and now they're scamdemic. Right, scamdemic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's trash. <laughs> That's another story. But yeah. either way, they retired, so now there there's a lack of people in the workforce. But those baby boomers are within the neck. I mean, they were born what. 45-ish. I, I think they call 46. 46. Uh, I think, to uh, like yeah. 63, Yeah, I think. somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, so they're getting older, and they're going to pass on soon, and they're sitting on a lot of money, and they had one kid, and they could be using some of this money to expand the kingdom of Christ. I mean, yes. to, to, to look at a, 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 the, the Christ's kingdom is expanding, and you can use it for that end. So rather than just throwing this money away... Um, you could really turn around and use it right. to benefit the church, like right now too, especially. Yes, and here's the big problem with the boomers is kind of how we talked earlier about the initial historical context of the 401k. Yeah. A lot of boomers 
have uh, and uh, it's kind of hard to make a blanket statement here when it comes to money, but that's okay. This but, is, on but, my uh, podcast, you can feel yeah. free to make a blanket statement, yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'll deal. I'll with be it. as it's charitable fine. as I can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of boomers have most of their money in a tax deferred asset, mm-hmm. uh, like a four hundred one k or an IRA, yeah. uh, and so that answers a very important question. The do so the IRS and the government. I mean, we can make jokes six ways till Sunday about how incompetent and how stupid the the federal government is, which. You know, yeah. you, you can make a very good case for that. Yeah, it's um, it's not hard. But at the same time, I've been saying that a lot. At the same time, it's like, what is this? Is this this guy's pitch or something? Is this is this what he says at the table? No, it's okay. Close? We all have our but, little line. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they're they're responsible for social securities, and so they're they're conscious and aware of the mortality, yeah. uh, life expectancy projections of the boomers because they're they're paying for a lot of the boomers with social security and also because they've been deferring a lot of their investment taxes for decades and like you said earlier a lot of them are getting older and passing away and uh legacy is top of mind awareness legacy is also top of mind awareness for the irs right do you th- do do you think if you're a boomer, do you think that the IRS doesn't know that you have X hundred thousand dollars in your IRA and that when you die, that money can now be taxed? Yeah. Do you think the IRS knows? Oh yeah. That they you're in that well. situation. Yeah. And also, when the IRS knows, and these are actually the hard numbers, over the next uh, several years, when the boomers start passing away, it's going to be the largest transfer of wealth in human history it, it will be 70 trillion dollars and this is this is an agreed upon number in financial professional circles 70 trillion dollars of wealth will pass from the boomers to the millennials to, to the to the kids of the boomers yeah uh, 70 trillion dollars well the federal government is like what 30 trillion dollars national debt is is what it is something like that right well what <laughs> are they just gonna sit there and just watch? Oh yeah, well we're we can we're, just have it. Yeah, you guys yeah. can just have it. Yeah, we're, no, heck no, they're going after. We're that. cool with that. Yeah, they're going yeah, after. It. They know it's they're coming. They're gonna go hard after. It yes, too. so they know this transfer of wealth is coming, and you already right now have Joe Biden, and it's not just Joe Biden; it's really all of them. Yeah, in, it's in Congress. Senate to Congress. Yeah, it's, yeah it's all they're all talking about. We need to raise taxes on the rich. Well, if you're a boomer, you're the rich. You're yeah. You could have made when you were when you were working. Well, I wasn't rich. I only made forty grand a year. Yeah, but you made forty grand a year and contributed five thousand a year into your retirement account for thirty five years. Yeah. So now on paper, even though you had an income of forty grand a year while you were working, on paper you have a net worth of over a million dollars. Right. So you're the rich. Welcome to the team. Right. So if you're not thinking about, okay, when I die, I'm going to have all this money left over. Who's going to get it? You're, the government... They're going to get what percentage? The, the government, the government would prefer you to stay that way. Yep. Let's just say it as politely as possible. The government would like you to remain in your state of... Uh, uh, what's the right word? Uh, 
negligence. Yeah. Maybe. It, yeah, that's probably a good word for it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're just neglecting because the fact you're not, that you're not taking yeah. the proper planning. Yeah. To transfer that wealth to the next generation in the most tax efficient way possible, and if you don't have a plan, it's gone. Having, or I should say, not having a plan by default, you do have a plan. Yeah. If if you don't have a plan for transitioning that money, guess what? You do have a plan. It's called the government plan. Yeah. Yeah. They'll take it. They'll, and, they'll and with yes. their hands, <laughs> the big smile yes. on their face, saying, "We're here to help." Yes. And <laughs> and your family. Yep. Uh, or your church will lose. Will not get what they could have gotten right. if you just took the proper steps with your own money. Huh. And all that takes, at the very least, have a conversation about it with a financial professional. And if it's not right for you, it's fine. And you have a a cousin at the IRS who you want to leave a bunch of your money to, by all means. <laughs> if if that's your thing, go, go for it. Go right. yeah. As long as you know what you're doing. Yep. All, all is permitted as long as you know what you're doing with your money. Yep. So if you're if you're okay with it, go for it. Right. Go for it. But Thanks if you're not, if you're not if you see the breakdown of, oh wow, this could significantly impact the, hair the the inheritance of my kids, my community, yeah. my, my yeah, kids, right. my community. Um, I, I kind of don't like that. Right. Then we should have a conversation. Right. But it's if, worth it. Yeah. But if you're if you if you just don't care, as uh frustratingly many boomers they do right yeah. a lot of them don't care at all um then continue down the path you're going i have a, so i a question so let's say let's say i'm a boomer i'm not i'm actually i'm technically gen x but just barely i was born yeah. in 78 i'm like at the like they, there's a thing called Xennials. yeah yeah which i fall into that more yeah. than i don't I'm not. I'm not a boomer. I'm not a Gen X. I'm not yeah. a millennial. I'm kind of in that middle. Yeah, I'm, I'm a millennial. Let's say I'm a boomer here, and I've got this money in a 401k hemmed up, and I don't have the insurance policy like you're talking about. Right. Let, is there a way? And I, this may be a straight no answer. Sure. Let's say, is there a way to take that 401k and change it over to that? That's a it, good question. So y- yes and no. So uh, it depends on their income tax bracket. Mm-hmm. So what we would want, what we would really have to be careful in. Obviously, we'd have to be working with with a, a tax professional yep. who's who knows their situation totally a little yep. more deeply than I would. Um, we would have to take a withdraw, an annual withdraw from their four hundred one k, and put that into the life insurance policy. Yeah. So you wouldn't for sure want to take it out all at once. Right, and drop and it. But put you it do into, it yearly. Yes. Yeah. So like, There's a way to do it. Yeah, there is a way to do it. So let's say let's say they have a million dollars in their 401k and they want to take out a percentage of that every year and slow, piecemeal switch it over into something that's tax-free that they can leave to their children, yeah. grandchildren, their church, their charity, their... You know, whatever they want to, whatever they want to do, the hospital, a, yeah. a school, anything. Not a government school. Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> private school. Yeah, <laughs> key, key distinction. Yeah. I, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> um, so let's say they want to do that, uh, uh, and let's let's just say hypothetically, it makes sense for them to take out the most that they can take out, given their tax situation is without messing up their bracket and all that of course at the advice of their tax consultant tax advisor um, cpa or what whoever they're yeah. working with 
Um, but you could steer somebody to somebody good. Yeah, yeah. and and I, and I could work with their tax right. professional yep. to too, work you know? all this. Up. Obviously, right. this would be a team yep. initiative. This would be like an adversarial thing. Yeah, right. Um, so it would be. Uh, let, let's just hypothetically say that number is forty grand a year, mm-hmm. because they have a million dollars. Yep. So forty grand a year out of a million dollars isn't yeah, really. Not much, yeah. Right. So let's say because of their bracket and because of you know X Y and Z. They can take out forty grand a year and put it into this policy. Well, we we claim forty thousand, mm-hmm. and whatever their bracket is, they're paying tax on that. Yep. Whatever's left over after they've paid tax on that money, we can put it into the policy. So let's say they pay, uh, let's say five grand of it gets yep, tax. is tax. So you claim forty. We have thirty-five to play with. We're gonna put that thirty-five into this cash value life insurance policy for the next 10 years or the next 15 years or the next 20 years or however yeah. however long it makes sense. And that way, as the years go on, we'll transition some of your money into a tax-free yeah. bucket mm-hmm. so that if you, if you die tomorrow and the government takes a large percentage of your million-dollar 401k, you will get, even if you've only put one annual contribution in your policy you get the full face value of that death benefit yeah even after just one annual contribution which is huge it's yeah. not it's not like oh well if i only put it into it if i make a 10-year commitment but if i die in year two um do i get a haircut no you don't right you get the full value of that policy um which is which is good yeah. so you can't lose so if if you're if you're putting that percentage into it and you die the first year, your family still gets all the money. If you live for a long time and you kind of piecemeal switch it over, switch a percentage of your 401k over into this cash out life insurance policy just by doing annual con- uh, annual withdrawals, um, you have a good amount of your pre-tax money switched over into tax-free money that you can use on you while you're still alive if you want to. Yep. Or... You could just leave it there forever, and then when the good Lord comes knocking, just let it, let it go seamlessly down. transition yeah. over into your family as a, as a payment. So you have options. Yeah. You can, if if you live a long time, when you're say you're 80, and I don't know, maybe you got some health issues, or yeah. or you're going into a nursing home. Well, it's not like that money is 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 inaccessible to you while you're still alive. Right. So you could, if you have some kind of long term care. You know, maybe you get Alzheimer's and you need yep. to go into a nursing home, and it's a hundred grand a year. And oh shoot, uh, I just I have this going into my life insurance policy, and you know now all of a sudden I I have hundred thousand a year on my nursing care. You can still access that money yep. and use it for you. It's not like it's locked up and you can't touch it. Yeah, it's so, still usable. Yeah, exactly. So if you're a boomer and you want to do something like that, it would take careful. Uh, case by case planning, right? But we it's plausible. We could make it work, and as long as that person is insurable and they're healthy enough to qualify for the policy, yeah. um, it could make a lot of sense. Yeah, because it, it could. I mean, you, let's say let's say I work at General Motors or Ford or one of the big three, right? And I've got a pension and I've got a four hundred one k, and the four hundred one k I really don't use exactly. This would be a good way to use it. Absolutely, because I'm living off a pension. I've got my house paid for, my cars, right. You know, I got a car payment. I've got my cabin up north, but I'm able right. to afford everything on my pension. Right. With 401k, I'm just leaving for my kids. 
they're right. going to get taxed on that quite heavily. Exactly. But if I take it out, it's going to become like an income tax, which is going to be less tax than right. a death benefit, like a right. capital gains tax would be. So I'm going to take that out here, and that now I now it's just income tax taken out. So now it, and I'm able to turn on and give it away to say a charity. Right. Now all of a sudden I've cut a lot of the IRA. At least was able to take. Right. They're still getting a chunk, right? But not as big of a exactly, chunk. Exactly. Exactly. So they're, I'm able to exactly basically take. Even though I made my decisions earlier in life have changed, and somebody's not getting taxed 30, 40 percent on right. this. Rather, it's an income tax, which could be like five percent. Get anywhere from five yeah. to ten percent. Yeah, they're they're effect, of thirty. They're, yeah, their effective tax rate might be a lot lower because mm -hmm. we, we have a a progressive income tax. Right. So just because you're in the twenty two percent bracket, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that your overall tax for the year is twenty two percent. Right. That's just the yeah, bracket. Exactly. Right? You'll still maybe get some of it back. Right. Whatever. Yeah. It just depends. Yeah. There's a lot of exactly. things that go into that, but that's still a way to maybe sidestep it. Right. Just in that situation where exactly. you go, hey. Got the pension. I'm living good. Everything's right. I go to Florida. I've got my right. house paid off. Got my camp or whatever. Right. I but I'm not touching this 401k. I plan on leaving to the kids. Right. You might. You're better off even if you're planning to give it to the kids. Right. To take it out annually, a percentage out annually. Yes. Take that little bit of a hit now, but your family isn't going to take that hit later. Right. Exactly. And or if you're giving it to your church, it's a way to take that money and say, yeah, the church right. is going to get it instead of the government getting right. it. Majority. And here's here's the thing. That, and and there's a lot of boomers who get really upset about this when they're in that position. The IRS literally makes you take money out of your 401k yep. when you're 72 and a half. Yep. So if you're one of those boomers who you're mentioning, who and there there are plenty of people out there who are like that. Yeah. They have a pension. They're on Social Security. Yeah. All their stuff's paid off. The kids are moved out. Yeah. They're just living yeah, comfortably. Yeah. They, they don't. They don't need it. It's yep. just. It's just extra. Yep. Well, uh, jokes on you when you're 72 and a half. The IRS says, "Oh, um, you have this money in this account, and you haven't paid any income tax on it. We kind of want some right now." Yeah. And so they literally make you take, take money out so that you can pay taxes on it. Yeah. And then you have to decide, okay, well, I don't want to take it out. They're making me take it out. I'd leave it in there if I could, but I can't. So. Yeah. Why not do it? Why not do that anyway? Because. There comes a day and a time when you have to take the money out and pay income tax on it. Well, they're going to make you take it out anyway. Right. And then when you die, they're going to take a big part of it. So why don't you... Before you hit that... Even, even if you hit that... Even before you hit that threshold, why don't you just... If you don't need it, if you're one of those people, why don't you just take advantage of the rates now while, yeah. the, while the income tax is lower? Let's say you're 65 and you're like, well, I'll just wait until I'm 72 and a half and they make, make me take it out. I'll just wait. Well, what if you're not insurable when you wait? Right. What if they raise income tax while you wait? Why? Why what not? What if you pass? Yeah. What if you waiting. die and it's right. too late? Why? Let's take advantage of it now. Start taking small withdrawals now and put it, move it from your left pocket that's fully taxable. Yeah. To your right pocket that's tax free. Yeah. And you're not. Uh, if you don't need it anyway, what difference does it make right. to you? Yeah, you're, you're actually leaving this legacy. Right, it's a exactly. way to really give a legacy. Exactly. Because like a pension, when you die, your pension's gone. It's nobody gone. gets yeah, it. nobody gets it's, it. It's, you've paid in it for all these years. Right. You're all those guys that work for 40 years, right. retire within a year, die, and all that money right. they invest, they were given or right. whatever, all that money's gone. Right. The 401k, at least you can now take it and go, you know what? I'm not using it. I'm going to benefit somebody else. With right. It. Exactly. And that could be that could be millions of dollars. That could be right. That could be you know, tens of ten thousand dollars. Right. But it doesn't matter. The government's not getting as much. Now right. Exactly. Find your death on money that 
they would have got a very large chunk. Yes, yeah, and they're they're just waiting. They're the IRS is just rubbing their hands together. They're waiting for this seventy trillion dollar wealth transfer from the boomers, right? Who are just they're just yeah they're, they're just blindly <laughs> rubbing, rubbing their hands, going yeah. all right, we're getting ready yeah. for this. We're just wait for the payoff. Just wait, wait for the boomers to die, and you know, look at this whole COVID situation. Uh, the people who are most affected by it were the 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 boomer generation, right. the, the ones who were older. The, they were the higher risk demographic who who could get COVID and die. I mean, to your point of, well, you don't know. You could die tomorrow. Right. I mean, there could be a pandemic and you could get sick and you could die. So why 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 wait? Why why kick the can down the road? Yeah. If, if you know you don't need it and you're and you're already questioning the longevity, like. Okay, what's going to happen to this money when I die? If that is a, if that's a question that you've had, then it will be worth having a conversation about and, and yep. at least seeing how the numbers fall, and then you just make the decision for yourself and your family. Right? Yeah, I, I look at this and go, here here's here's where I where I usually lose anybody that would normally mm. listen to it. I go, okay, you can give your money to a government that doesn't know the difference between a boy and a girl. Yes. Doesn't know what marriage is. Exactly. Murders children. Yes. They, they invest money in murdering people overseas. Yes. All kinds of nefarious, yes. evil, wicked things are going to happen. Yes. And they're going to use your money to murder babies. Yes. Or would you rather give them as little as possible now that you're at that point where you go, oh, maybe I should do this. Yes. I want to make sure they get as little of that as possible yes. to, to literally slaughter little children in yeah. the womb. Instead, I'm going to take that and give it to a ministry like our One Life for Life or... Yeah. Or there's plenty of pregnancy centers out there. Sure. All these things are doing good work. Right. Um, to, to give that to them so you can say, I don't want to use this money to kill. Right. I want to use this money to save lives, even upon my death. Exactly. My, I may I may, I may may die, but there could be boundless amount of children that's lives right. are saved. They hear the gospel of Christ and repent and believe on him. Or I can right. give it to the government who, who really wants to be God. Yes. And they want your money. They want your tithe, your yes. offering, so that upon your death, they can use it to continue. Care. Right. So what, what do you? So the question runs to, what do you want to use your money for? Right. For, for benefiting a government that hates you or benefiting right. a church that is there to, to save lives or a ministry that's saving babies. Right. Or a ministry that's, polit- let's just be honest, a political, not, I, I'm not, I don't consider myself Republican or Democrat. I consider myself a Christian. Um, on that end, Christ is king. But I want to use this money to expand that kingdom, not this earthly kingdom right. that is really wicked and evil. And yes. I can speak on hours on how wicked our government is and its yeah. religious system. But which would you rather do? Right. And, and that's what we're getting to is, man, you could use this money to expand the kingdom and look look ahead at a legacy. There's a choice. Right. You have a choice. Yes, you do. You have this choice. And we've just been neglected it for years because... We just haven't thought that way. We just think, oh, this is the what everybody does. Instead right. of going, no, everybody in the past did it this way, but we've right. forgotten that because everything's so expandable. I mean, my, mm-hmm. I, I work at a, I'm not going to name it, but I work at a at a, a major corporation in this world, mm-hmm. one of the largest in the U.S., and they're really, they're not there for my benefit, and they're in the, the government's in their pockets, and they're in the government's pockets. Sure. They want to make sure whatever they do is benefiting the government, too, because they get a lot of money from it. Sure. It's a symbiotic relationship. Absolutely. And if we buck that trend, now you put the money back in the church's pocket where it should be, which, yeah, there's been, you can say, yeah, there's been evil and wicked things happened with the church over years. And there's no doubt. But not like our government. Nothing even close to what no, our government No, not even done. close. Not even close. So it, it would behoove you to partner with a, a financial professional 
to figure out if this works for you. If you're making forty thousand dollars a year, if you're making two million, three million, five million dollars a year, benefit. You can use this money for the glory of God, right. or at least the legacy of your children, rather than the wickedness of man. And a, a, a thought, a line from the Bible just came to my mind as you were just talking that, uh, talking about that. Uh, what's the famous thing that Christ says about? And this is something that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of Christians use as a justification for leaving your blood money to the government. I'm thinking, uh, render to Caesar what is Caesar's yeah. and render to God's what is God's. Well, does do is that is that Caesar's? Right. Does is is Caesar entitled to your legacy? Right. Is that is that by default because you're a citizen of the United States? Yeah. Because of that, does Caesar have a claim to 30, 40% of your life savings? Yeah. Is right. that is that is that rendering to Caesar what is Caesar or is or is that rendering to God what is God's? Right. Which I it sounds to me like it's flipped. So if you can change that dynamic and render more to God because God is the master and creator of your life and because God gave you the talent that you had to go out and earn and create that wealth, mm -hmm. you didn't necessarily create that wealth on your own. You did that through God's grace and right. through God's providence blessing you and your family. So if God's blessing and protection guided you to create that wealth, does that not mean that you're disrespecting God by rendering more to Caesar than what is God's? Right. In, in Shouldn't you take that to heart that, wow, I was so blessed to be in a position to have a pension and social security and not need this money because I am so blessed financially and God blessed me with this. I'm going to leave it as much of this to God as I can. This is God's money. This is not Caesar's no. money. Right. In that parent, when, when, when that happened, what Christ was saying was he says, who's on it to picture right. of Caesar, right? He says, render unto God that which is God, render to Caesar that is Caesar's. Sure, this coin had Caesar's face on it. Right. But what is imprinted, what is, what is, what is God's? It's man. Right. The image of God is stamped on man. And if we look at it and go, that money should be used for the legacy of God's, of, of man, the image of God. Right. This is a, money is a tool. Right. It's not, it, it, that's what it is. So if when Christ was saying that, he was saying it's render unto God that which is God, which is the image of God, which is mankind. Right. What is your, what is your blessing to be able to do? To give that money, that tool right. to your children who are created in the image of God right. to glorify God. Exactly. That's where it needs to land at. And there's also some context that, that the modern reader, the modern Christian was like, well, what's the problem with taxes? Yeah. There's context that they're forgetting. The Pharisees in that conversation were trying to trick Christ. They're trying to trick him and be like, "Aha, we're gonna catch you. We're right. gonna catch him. We're gonna catch him saying that he's a revolutionary and saying that he's gonna overthrow the Romans. Yep. Or we're gonna catch him saying, uh, "No, give to the Romans because I'm uh, I'm meek and humble and I'm not here to start." So either way. We're gonna, like we're, we're gonna catch him saying, uh, "Overthrow the Romans or give to the Romans," and we're gonna pigeonhole Christ into yep. uh, making him look like a fool. Yeah, and that so he knew yep. uh, he's he's God. He knew what was going on, so he came back with a pithy response. Right. And it just so happens to be that depending on your 
sensibilities in that particular passage, you could kind of read into it whatever you want. Right. If you're a socialist, you can be like, well, see, look, Christ is a socialist. He says, render to Caesars. What does that mean? Render to the state. No. Well, oh, well, if in my view of the world, rendering to the state means 50% of your wealth. Right. Well, that's not what he was talking about in that. Absolutely. There's there's so much it's a, it's context that's really missed. really poor, poor understanding of Romans 13 is what happens and the, and the role of the government and what the diakonesis or deacon, the deacon of the Lord is there, they're punished evil doers. But even, it's amazing what, how, how foolish we can be with, with that. I mean, think about this. God says 10% is the tithe. 10% right. of your, of your wealth is to be given to, at that time, the temple, um, to the, to the priests and so on. But a government that says we want more than ten percent is saying we they want more are than God. They, yes, they yes. are saying they're claiming to be the deity. Right. Because we live in a religious system where we have a creation story with evolution. Right. We have a, a, a sacrificial system with abortion. We have our our prophets being the, the the scientists of the day. We have our priests being the politicians. We have our God being the overall government. Right. They're saying they're God. So the best way to get back at that. Is to say no. You will not get more right. than than I, I will do everything I can to not give you that amount exactly. of money and fight back against that system. And there's legal ways to do right. it. This Absolutely. is not an illegal exactly. Strategy. This, this is a hundred percent legal. It's within the bounds of the law that right. we have here, but it's a way of saying no. I'm gonna I'm gonna step it away. I think it was Ron Paul. I think it was Ron Paul. I love this quote. Yeah, he I like said, Ron Paul. Don't steal. The government doesn't like competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and right. that's exactly yeah. what's going on. Yeah. They're stealing from us, right. so we're just going to go, we're going to be wise as a serpent, harmless right. as a dove, and what we're going to do is use their own laws against them to make sure that they don't get more money than Christ does. Right. And my family does, that legacy that's right. created. I mean, if you could give away a million dollars to your kids who are a part of the church and they're going to continue to tithe, right. continue to give, you're still leaving that legacy in right. one way or another. You're still doing that. Right. You raise your children to love Christ to be in his church, to give to the church, to, right. be, to loving their neighbors themselves, you're going to take this money and use it to the glory of God. Man, give it to your kids and continue that legacy yes. there because they're still in the church and they're giving. Yes. But there's ways around this. That's what we're getting at. Yes. So you've, this is a lot of information. Yes. It's a lot there. I, again, I'll, I'll put in the notes below and in this information to get get to Mike, to talk to him if, if it's if it's finding out how he can help you with this. If, if you know what, you're in a state where he can't help you, maybe he can at least say, hey, I'll do a little research for you. Find you a guy that can help you with this. Sure, that's down there. But reality is, he might be able to help you here and now. Even if you're in, I know we talked before, like Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. I think you said number of states you're already can help. Yeah, in. yeah. But there's more. You can still do it in other states yes. too. Yes. So you can bless bless him and, and his family to help that because reality is, it's going to help his family. It's part of his sure. business. Absolutely. And you want to do that. If somebody works hard for you, they deserve it. Sure. Um, you know, um, so. On that end, we want to make sure you're able to help him, but also help your church, help a ministry, help whatever that that cause is that you're at. And if you're young, if you're a millennial or even younger, you can start using this and looking ahead at future generations. Start right. now um, and, and look ahead. Um, if you own a business, this is a really good thing if you own a business. For I sure. Really yeah. good for business owners. Um, but there's many ways you can use this. You're a baby boomer. Talk to him or talk to your financial professional and get involved in this. Find a way around giving the government all this money. I'm right. sure that they won't like this um, because of that. But reality is this is all legal means. There's nothing illegal. This is all not going to throw you in jail over this. This right. is stuff that people that are smarter than 
you and yeah, I smarter have, than me. Yeah, yeah. Have figured out and, and have taught you to do and other right. people to do. It's there for a benefit, and you can use this to bless your church, to bless future generations. I mean, what an awesome, awesome thing this could be. I mean, sure. the transfer of wealth, even if that $70 trillion number you put out there, let's say we don't give the government $3 trillion of that. Yeah. Glory. Yeah, that can you is imagine a wonderful what thing. we could do with that? Right. What could, what could, what yeah. could, just think of your own church. What could your own church do with a million dollars that was given? Yeah. I mean, what could, what could happen? What could, I, we live in Genesee County here yeah. in Michigan. My church is in Grand Blank. I live in the city of Flint. What if we were able to take my little church and a million dollars was given to it? What could we do with that? Yeah. Man, I that's think power. Oh yeah, it is. Absolutely. And we can actually affect more than just, I mean, people that are suffering, uh, the poor wouldn't necessarily have to go to the government for the help. The church would have the money to help. That's really, we, we that's another story. And that's kind of why yeah. I think a lot of this is not really, a lot of this information is more or less hidden. Yeah. Because if that were the case where people were pretty profoundly taking advantage of this strategy, in a lot of circumstances, you could make the things that the government's doing redundant. Yeah, absolutely. And then all of a sudden, people are going to start asking, hey, you know, we're using this financial strategy to protect the wealth that we've created. And, right. And, and, and we're, we're using this, and it's really grown our charity. It's really grown our churches, and we're help, our community around us has transformed significantly. Yeah. But we're still paying a lot in taxes. What is the government doing with all this money right. that we're leaving them Absolutely. when we don't need them? Right. And then people start asking those questions. Yep. And they start asking, why do we need you again? Right. Absolutely. And the elite, do they don't want people asking those questions. Right. They yep. want you to keep the mentality of, oh, well... They're they're uh, they want to keep you yeah, a slave. They're, they're helping. They're, <laughs> at least they're at least they're helping with rent subsidies, or at least they're with uh, they're they're helping with housing, or they're helping uh, single moms buy formula. Like right. at least at least they're at least they're doing something good with the money. But when you find out how much better you and your community can manage that money than some faceless bureaucrat at the IRS, right? And you start asking, hold on a second. We have taken financial steps to streamline this wealth transfer process and and make sure that our institutions that we created grow right. and and have steam in their engine. Yep. But we're still paying all these dollars in income tax and we're not really seeing any direct benefit whatsoever. Yep. Um what what what's what's going on here? And even asking those questions is a threat yep. to the people in power. Right, and that's the way we put it. We, sh we shut them down. Right. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I mean, Gal, can you imagine if there's a, a, a Christian school? I mean, a Christian school that is affordable, that is teaching scripture, that is teaching really a classical education. Right. Can you imagine how that transforms a community in one generation? Yeah. I mean, two generations. It's, it's an amazing yeah. thing. This is a way we can do it as a church to really see past a rapture mentality that this everything's getting worse. Right. But rather going, man, we're going to build a community, build we're going to build things that can't be torn down. Right. That are that are that are opposing wickedness truly. We're we're not just there to to have 
VBSs and we're 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 using it. We're we're having places for homeless people to stay. Right. We're we're having um we're having apartment complexes for low income people where the church is taking care of them. Right. You know, these are the kind of things we can do, but we've just completely neglected this for years. Yes, we have, so, and and it, and that used to be the case before the welfare right. state. There used to be all these friendly societies, and the, well, the church right. used to have a stronger backbone. The hospitals. Why are yes. they named after saints? Why are they right. named after uh, right. Methodists and all yeah, this stuff? Exactly. But they're Baptist hospital and so on. Exactly. They still have that name, but they don't have any of that right. backing. But we can yeah. start that again. Exactly. Because trust me, if the foundations crumble in America, and the church has actually thought ahead. It said, you know what, the top foundations crumble. Yes, what will the righteous do? Well, if the righteous, like it says in the Psalms, if the foundations what will the, crumble, what will the righteous do? Well, guess what the righteous do? If they were smart with their wealth and their money and the blessings God gave in times of plenty. Right. Just like we saw, like Daniel, kind of what he did where he invested. I mean, there was really an investment process right. in this wicked culture. But if we could look ahead and go, hey, man, the foundations crumble, but the church is still strong. The people of God have their own right. institutions, their own hospitals, their own this. When all else fails, the we church is still society. Safe. Right. We yeah. are the society builders. Yeah. If the society falls, it's our fault. Right. Because, but it, now we're at the point where yes, it is falling, but we can continue our legacy by, 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 by blessing the church and by moving it on. So, all right, we'll we'll leave it there. This is this was long, but that's okay. I'm sure we'll, we'll have conversation. more. Yes, we're going to have more conversations yeah. on this because I think there's more avenues we can go on this. I love the fact that you're like not too far from me, too. So yeah, it's really yeah. easy. Um, in my little tiny yeah, it's pub. like a 10-minute drive for me. Right, my $79 pub. Yeah. Um, so so I, I guess like with that, we're, well, I'll leave you there. Um, I, I do have a tagline that I love at the end of all of these. I finish with a very simple sentence because at some point I always offend somebody in this. And I'm sure this is the last 10 minutes, somewhere in there, I offended some snowflake that's all oh, sure. upset and... Yeah, you can melt yourself. But my tagline, one of my friends caught this from church because I said it on my first one. I think it sticks and it's stuck and i got to make a shirt with it here soon. Oh, nice. So if you're offended, go somewhere else because I don't care. Yeah. That's, reality is I don't care. <laughs> right. If I offend somebody, it's not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not here for you. I'm here for those who actually listen. And, you know, so if it was a blessing. Again, go to go to his website, contact him, see if there's something you can bless your church with in the future or a ministry. I'm just going to be prone to saying One Life for Life. I would love to see a million dollars mm. singing One Life for Life's because man we could have missionaries all across the united states yeah. uh at that amount of money i didn't i i, I we talked with when we talked before i love this because one of our things is we have red tents out front of all the abortion yeah that. Would, like you said wouldn't it be great if planned parenthood all of a sudden one day saw a red tent out front oh crap they're here. these guys again they're here you can't get out of how them. did they make it here yeah. you know that that would be an awesome thing because we save babies and that's what we want to do. And that's, again, that's always in my notes below is our website there. That's so you can great. Give to it. Um, but, or even your church or my church. I'm fine giving to my church. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I figure it's considered that a blessing. But either way, if you're offended, go somewhere else because Mike doesn't care. I don't, I don't care. care. We don't give a rip. It's just the way it is. So thanks for, uh, I guess, making it this far if you did. Thanks See for you. having me. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate yeah. it, bro.